Welcome to Pep Talk for Writers. My name is Nick Jaina. I will be here for the next 10 or 15 minutes. It's going to be okay. We're just going to sit here and we're going to do some writing. Everything's fine. Nothing is at stake here. Our reputation, our self-worth, our career. It's just a bit of curiosity. You know, I find it's interesting watching kids uh, navigate the world of, of learning versus adults. I live with a, a six-year-old, my stepson, and, and you know, there's so many words that he doesn't know. And when we encounter one, he'll just say, what does that mean? And it's, there's never a point where he's getting frustrated or thinking, God, there's so many words that I don't know. Or like, why can't I get this? You know, maybe there's a kid somewhere that does that. But of all the kids that I've seen, there's not a feeling. I mean, it can be frustrating at times as an adult that you, that you want them to like defer a little bit more to your wisdom. It's like, I think I got this, you know, (laughs) I think I know what I'm talking about here. It's actually really inspiring that they're just curious. And when a new thing comes along, they say, what is that? And how do you use it? And what does it mean? And there's not this feeling of, God, I'm so far behind and I'm never going to be an expert on words. You know, there's, I don't know if it's patience or what it is, but I think of it as curiosity. So I just want to explore anytime I'm writing with curiosity. It doesn't matter what I've done before, if I feel like it's been a success or a failure, at any time that I sit down, I can just sort of like push something and see where it goes. And, uh, or maybe it's a pulling, a pulling of a thread, I think. You push something open, you push a door open, there's a thread. You pull that thread, <laughs> it opens another door. You know, you just keep going and, and we can just move with curiosity. That's what I think. Um, Anyway, uh, you can find more about me at nickjana.com, N-I-C-K-J-A-I-N-A, N-I-C-K-J-A-I-N-A. I have workshops there, uh, writing workshops and books and music. And, you know, that theme song that you hear at the beginning of this show, that's a song off of a new album that comes out this Friday, um, March 5th, 2021. Maybe you're hearing this after it's already out. You should go buy it. The album is called Credo. It's on vinyl. I'm really proud of it. I played every instrument myself for the first time since I was like 17 making cassette tapes for friends. Um, But now I have more ability (laughs) playing those instruments. And it would just be really wonderful if uh, people ordered this record. And I would love to just sell out of it by the time it actually comes out because... Um, it's pretty rare to sell out of a thing, you know, uh, the experience of being an artist, a writer, or a musician is a lot of boxes of product that you haven't totally sold yet. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's the case. So I wanted to talk today about judgment in writing. Uh, a prominent person died today. Uh, I don't want to say his name, but it was somebody that I think is, uh, just a pretty bad guy. It just, spread a lot of hate and bigotry and suffering around the world. And I, uh, a few years ago was starting to write a novel and I wanted to write about his impact on the world and how I saw it, um, you know, getting all the way to the white house. And I found it so hard to reckon with these emotions that I was having this frustration and trying to write a fictional story about it. And so I turned this real person into a fictional character and I tried to engage with him in this novel and and it was really hard (laughs) it didn't necessarily work in any of the ways that I thought 
And I think what it came down to was judgment. Um, when you're, um, when you're writing a story, you're building this world, you're building characters. And if the creator of those characters comes with this predetermined judgment of them, it's really limiting. It's, it feels like they come with this straitjacket, and the audience feels kind of talked down to, like they have no freedom to explore. They have no way of finding their own judgment of a character. Um, it's all been prepackaged for them. And even if there is somebody that, you know, you go into writing this thing and the whole purpose of writing this thing was to show how bad this person is, you still can't go in with judgment. It, it kind of, I'm bringing this up because it's kind of like the ultimate example that showed me why you can't go into writing and keep all this judgment in there. Um, can you eliminate all the judgment from writing? No, but it can be a goal, a constant goal uh, through writing and through revisions to pull back on the judgment. And I found that in, in later drafts as I was reading through, often a judgment will come like towards the end of a, a thought or a sentence and it'll just be describing something and then it'll just be like, and it was bad and that person was evil and they were, you know, an alcoholic or whatever it was. And I find you can just remove that section and keep the description, the observation, the showing. And that's what we want writing to do anyway, is to show instead of me saying, here's how the world is. Uh, I've decided it all for you. You know, nobody likes to read that as much as we would like to think that we're right and that we're really smart and people would like to just hear our direct thoughts. It's not the experience. I mean, think about how often you actually want to read that kind of writing. It really is propaganda. And I believe that we don't need any more propaganda. And the way to fight propaganda is to do the opposite thing, remove judgment from our writing. And when I say judgment, obviously, you know, you can't remove it all because if I say that book is orange or that pillow is soft, it still is a judgment based on my experience of what I think is soft, what I think is orange. Um, but like I said, it can be a goal to remove most of the mo most of the more egregious judgments, really the kind of judgments, like I said, that kind of like hammer the gavel down. Do you hammer a gavel or you gavel a hammer? No, you hammer down a gavel, bang, bang the gavel. You bang the gavel down and you say, it's been determined. This is the sentence. <laughs> oh, interesting sentence, like the words in a sentence in a book and then sentence like a, a court deciding the sentence like you're you're determined to go to jail or something um anyway the <laughs> the uh we don't want that we don't want that judgment of the banging the gavel down and saying this is how it is we want there we want to be able to present something and show it and observe it and sh we can show our emotional reaction to it we can show our character's emotional reaction to it Characters can say something full of judgment because that's what people do. But as the writer, as the voice behind all of it, I think it's really crucial to keep that judgment out of there and allow the reader, trust the reader to have the own, their own intelligence and their own perceptiveness that they can come to their own conclusions. Ideally, they would come to the same conclusions and, and hate the same people and, and believe in justice the way that you believe in justice, but you can't force that. And so I really believe in trying to remove that and just lead somebody to lead somebody to just see this thing and ideally feel like they've assembled these pieces themselves in their own head. 
um, rather than you having just like wrapped it all up and delivered it to them. It's just, I'm, I'm not trying to limit anybody. I'm not trying to censor anyone or, or water down writing. What I want is more effective writing, deeper writing that gets its point across deeper and more effectively. And I feel like when it is packaged with this judgment, it, it ends up limiting itself. It ends up circumscribing the area that it can have uh, effectiveness. So, um, in writing my book, uh, I tried to engage with this character and I just found, you know, this is a person who in real life just says really, <laughs> oh, here comes judgment, uh, in my opinion, uh, says a lot of things that um, when you put them on a page in a fictional character's mouth, even if you just like verbatim put them in a fiction, fictional character's mouth, it just sounds absurd. Like it, Like there's nothing nuanced or debatable about it like it's just is so extreme either you think it's either you think right on because it's it's speaking some deeper truth or you think this is so stupid that like my brain deteriorates when i try to engage with it so you know i read this person's books i listened to a show in and, and i tried to like embody that voice and really it was kind of impossible and the only way that i could do it was to go back to seeing the places where he was coming from and try to like speak my own truth from there, from this kind of extreme uh, distorted <laughs> viewpoint of the world um, and then show characters reactions to him and show their processing of that. So I'm going to read just a little section of this, the narrator's processing of how he felt about it and, and being really careful of not just saying, this person was stupid, this person was racist, but to show something deeper with it that, that I think is more interesting. Here is, here is a line from, uh, a couple lines from chapter 49. Uh, this is my book, Hitomi, my novel, Hitomi, by the way. Here is the regret I feel over listening to Gordo as a child. I feel like I was tricked. His cadence was like a schoolyard taunting, and it was a rare opportunity for me to be on the side of the bully. My whole childhood, I always felt like I was an alien, so it was tempting to belong to something. It was like Gordo was in the truck with me and my dad. He was as real as pushing the boat across muddy reeds. He was as real as the tug on the fishing line. These were real physical sensations, and the timbre of Gordo's voice was a part of that. He was angry. My dad was angry. I didn't want either of them to be angry. They weren't angry at me, but it didn't matter. It felt like I was running alongside a horse, a powerful animal who was almost unaware of me. And in that unawareness, could trample me but if i could run alongside the horse and keep him happy i might be okay so that just feels deeper and more nuanced to me of engaging with this you know um there are much stronger things that i could have said like much more of a definitive statement on this but i just i just kept feeling like i don't know where that puts me and puts the reader in this relationship um it's difficult, you know, like it feels, it does feel like a, a self-censorship. It feels like I'm sitting on my hands, but as I, you know, something that feels really good to write isn't necessarily the most effective words when you read through it and you revise it. Um, so I'm just speaking from experience that um, writing is stronger when it looks at these judgments and tries to remove them. So my suggestion for a prompt today is to uh, kind of start out by disregarding everything I just said, uh, write from a very strong emotional place 
and say everything that you really feel and and just tell yourself before you start i'm never going to share this with anyone in in its raw state um take something that you feel really strongly about and write passionately about what you really feel and then go through after you're done and just see what is it like when i remove the judgments does it just totally disappear does it just become nothing or is there something there that then um, is more honest and vulnerable and has some nuance to it. And can I build off of those parts? Try it. You know, uh, I don't ever want to uh, limit people in their expression. I want it to be fuller. And this is just in my experience, something that helps to get deeper with our expression. That's all I'm looking for. <sighs> Thanks for joining me. Uh, I'm going to play a little instrumental music here on the electric guitar while you do some writing. So good luck. Come back again. Bye.